New Jersey has reimposed the Obamacare mandate. That's coming up. Busy Sunday. Rudy Giuliani, did you hear his latest comments? Yes, President Trump can pardon himself and the media is going haywire. You see what Giuliani's doing here? He's saying shocking things. He's like another Trump saying shocking things. He makes it up as he goes along. Oh, Giuliani, he said they're going to sue Bob Mueller. He said that Trump can pardon himself. This guy's out of his mind. Meanwhile, sets the agenda. The media spends days and days analyzing, like twisting themselves in knots about Giuliani's comments. Trump is busy saving the world. North Korea, Iran, preventing illegals, arresting historic number of illegals. Unemployment is down at historic lows, as we'll get to. And they're all busy with Giuliani's comments. Now, by the way, why do I never see Democrats say something in favor of Trump? Republicans side with the Democrats. I have Trey Gowdy siding with the corrupt FBI and defending them. He's under major fire from many conservatives. He, they, Giuliani said, County's drinking the Kool-Aid. Will you ever see a Democrat? Will you ever see Pelosi or Schumer or any of them say, hey, you know what? The FBI, maybe they shouldn't have spied on Trump. You know what? James Clapper admits they spied on Trump. He hates that word, but he admits it. Now, Gowdy. Now, here's the deal about Trey Gowdy. I know people say he's just saying what he believes. Yaakov, what do you want? You know, a person should speak their heart, should speak their mind. Here's my problem. Gowdy gave no evidence to support his defense of the FBI. Gowdy didn't give the reason. He didn't say, you know, here's what the FBI was suspicious of. Here's why they were justified. And how about all these questions? Why did you not do it to Hillary? Why did you not just inform Trump that, oh, by the way, we're spying on you to help protect you? If you want to protect Trump, don't you think you should let him know so that he can be on guard? And if you're going to contradict the president, you know, and there's overwhelming evidence that you are wrong, as in the case of Trey Gowdy, you need to at least justify your point, give an argument, because we're stuck now. Trump is handcuffed. He can't respond to Gowdy because what's he supposed to say? Now, you've told me a theory. Many people believe in this theory that Gowdy wants to become the attorney general. And, and he's trying to support the FBI because that's the only way. Here's my problem with that theory. To become the attorney general, not only can you not throw Trump under the bus, you need to be loyal to him. Trump values loyalty above all else. Now, Gowdy said he never met President Trump. He's never spoken to President Trump. He said that last week. And yet you're telling me that he thinks that somehow Trump is going to appoint him as attorney general after he goes and defends the FBI for spying on him? It, it, I just don't get it. I wish somebody could explain this to me. Someone else said Gowdy's about to enter the private sector and he wants to sound mainstream. He doesn't want to sound like a President Trump flunky. I su suspect that's closer to the truth. And then that tells me that he has an ulterior motive and that really shoots down his credibility. Unemployment is at 3.8%, the lowest it's been in 18 years. Meanwhile, the government has cut 24,000 jobs under President Trump, some of that with the help of the Democrats who refused to uh, approve and confirm some of Trump's nominees, but most of that is Trump being efficient. Furthermore, African-American black unemployment is the lowest it's been since they started keeping records. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Now, and, and Hispanic unemployment, by the way, is... 0.1% above its historic low. Last month was the lowest Hispanic unemployment has ever been, and it creeped up, crept up. I'm sorry, 0.1%. Unbelievable stuff. Now, who's a better president? Who's better for minorities? Who's better for blacks? Obama or Trump? Who's a better leader for blacks? Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton? You understand? The black leaders tell them, hey, the government will take care of you. Don't work. Don't sweat it. It's okay. Don't stress out trying to make money. We're going to spoon feed you. And what are they doing by doing that? They are controlling the black people. They are reinforcing the narrative that the black people are inferior and are incapable of taking care of themselves. And by the way, they're getting them addicted. You become addicted and dependent on government help. I know people 
who have government assistance. And they can't stand it because the government doesn't help them lead a normal lifestyle. They have just enough to manage and they wish they could actually get off of it, wean off of it, go and get a job. But the problem is that it's too tempting. You know, you go and try to get a job. They could be making the smart people four, five, ten times as much as they're making uh, on government uh, funding, on, on welfare, food stamps, Medicaid, etc. But they just cannot bring themselves to take that leap because the government has them. They literally are stringing them along. What did Trump say? Why is black unemployment so low? Because Trump said you want to qualify for food stamps and Medicaid, you're going to have to get a job. So what is that doing? That's actually empowering them. That's actually encouraging them to, to stand up, take responsibility, support their families. And they're going to be thankful if they aren't already. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, very conservative person. And about the right to tribal, I said, why do liberals have a problem with the bill that allows people to just choose their own, their terminally ill patients, choose their own treatment, even if it's experimental and risky? Uh, the government's not going to force you to take that, but give people the choice back. And he said, it's all about government control. There is no explanation. The government, they think they know better, and they refuse to allow people to make decisions about what's best for their health or anything else in their lifestyle. Uh, meanwhile, Bob Mueller, it's been announced by the DOJ that the Mueller investigation has cost taxpayers $17 million. Just over a year, it's been $17 million. Where has that money gotten us? Manafort has been indicted. You know, Papadopoulos has been sentenced. I mean, give me a break. This is ripping our country to shreds. It's doing nothing. Meanwhile, even if Trump did collude with Russia, he's been anti-Russia. He's been an unbelievably successful president already in just a short period of time. Nobody even cares. The people who hate him, hate him. But everybody else, you can literally, you can literally find him and Putin having like 50 back channel meetings uh, while Trump was a candidate. And no Trump supporter will even care at this point. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really tired of companies trying to get me, these stores trying to get me to, 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 to pay with my debit card. I pay with my, you know, credit slash debit card. It could be either one. And these companies try to trick me into using debit instead of credit. I prefer to do credit. I don't want to give my PIN number. Everyone has their own scenario, I guess, but I don't want to give my PIN number to these stores. I don't trust them. So I, I, I want to do, I want to pay with credit, you know, and debit there could sometimes be a fee, whatever. Everyone has their own situation. But my point is the companies, it costs them less when they use debit, not credit. So they like, these machines are designed, they're so confusing, they're designed to, I have to like press three different times that I want to use credit because it keeps offering me debit, debit, debit in like this surreptitious way, hoping that I won't notice. And I'm a free market person, you know that, I think. But at the same time, I'm actually very against this. See, here's my, where I draw the line in the sand. A company should not be trying to trick you. In other words, the company should have the right to, to, to offer you either option. The company doesn't have to like do what's necessarily best for the customer at their own expense. They can give the customer the choice. I'm fine with that. But don't try to trick me. You know, if, if I'm very clear that I know that I don't want debit, I want credit, and you're just trying to get me confused, I think that's wrong. I think that's borderline illegal. You know, that's not free market. Free market is people should be given a choice. Free market is that the company can actually do what's best for them, and the government shouldn't interfere with that. But it's not, well, let me just try to confuse people so much that they don't even realize what they're trying to do. If the, per if the customer knows, the customer knows, and the business has no right to try to trick them, which is, it's really deceit and fraud, if you ask me. We'll talk about tariffs later on, you know, speaking of free market. Now, Governor Phil Murphy signed a new tax into law. This tax is going to go on New Jersey residents who choose not to purchase health insurance, qualifying health insurance as defined by Obamacare. So they're reinstating the Obamacare mandate for the state of New Jersey. Now, it's amazing because this disproportionately hits 
low and middle income taxpayers in New Jersey. So this is a tax on the middle class and low income people in New Jersey. You know, 78% of New Jersey households uh, who had paid the Obamacare mandate earn less than $50,000 a year. That's 188,000 families in New Jersey who, own le who earn less than $50,000 a year. They're the ones paying this Obamacare tax. So this is a tax on the middle class. 38% of New Jersey households hit by Obamacare. The tax uh, earn less than $25,000 a year. This is unbelievable hypocrisy. Obamacare, the mandate, is supposed to help poor people. And in fact, those are the people that it hurts. Okay, Nikki Haley, the, UN, the United States voted down a UN revolution, uh, UN, I'm sorry, resolution, it, it sort of is a revolution, trying to uh, condemn Israel and trying to protect the Palestinians, call for international, uh, I guess, troops to come in and protect the Palestinians from the Israelis. And Nikki Haley said, this is absurd. You, you, you should be protecting the Palestinians from their leaders, from Hamas, because they're the ones who are destroying them. They're the ones who are really endangering them. Now, this gets even more amazing, as I'm going to explain in a second. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at the Politics Zone. At the Politics Zone, you can text 40404 and follow at uh, symbol the Politics Zone, no space. And we do tell you stories on Twitter, and we do tell you things on Twitter that you're not going to hear about on this show. There is some overlap, but there are things we talk about on this show we don't do on Twitter, and vice versa. And the reason is, you know, because I'm not able to cover every single story that happens on this show. That's why we sort of complement it with Twitter. Certain things that we discuss on Twitter just don't fit into the agenda. We have so much packed in every day, and you know, I don't, I can't bombard you with too much because you know I want you to keep listening. So Twitter is really good. You know, if it, it, try it out. I mean, just press pause right now on on the phone line just press two right now press pause and go try it out and follow us and you can always back out i mean it's free you know what i'm saying it's a risk-free trial now uh europe the europeans have come down very much in favor of israel yeah you heard me correctly europeans have come out the last week in favor of israel and this actually blew my mind there was an article about this explaining what happened a couple of weeks ago the europeans are condemning israel for gunning down these peaceful demonstrators on the Gaza border. Of course, they were actually Hamas terrorists, but they're condemning Israel two weeks ago. Now suddenly they're coming to Israel's defense. What changed? And this is fascinating. The European Union, the United Nations, France, Italy, Germany, and Ireland condemned Gaza's attack against Israel. Yeah, I know the UN Security Council resolution was actually blocked by Kuwait, but at the same time, the United Nations did come down uh, attacking G Gaza for these terror attacks against Israel. This was shockingly out of character. So the question is, what's going on? By the way, France said it's committed to Israel's security and it has unwavering support for Israel. Germany said, as we told you, that Gaza was malicious and that Israel has a right to preserve its security and defend its borders. So this is just shocking, just totally mind-blowing stuff here from Europe. Now, the reason is because they are so terrified of President Trump and of Iran sanctions that are about to hit Europe hard. They're so terrified of offending or insulting President Trump or Israel in any way because of the potential backlash. The Europeans right now, the Iranians for sure, and the Europeans by extension, they're running scared. They are skating on thin ice. Now, here's here's the deal. A, a, a few days ago, this, this, this full-scale assault uh, by Gaza on Israel was never supposed to happen. Hamas was about to back out, and the Iranians pushed hard. They pushed Hamas. They pushed Islamic Jihad, and they forced them to attack Israel, even though they were very resistant. Now, Russia was against this attack. 
Egypt was against this attack. The Gulf states, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, UAE, and others were against this attack because right now they're trying to stay friendly with the United States and Israel because of the Iranian nuclear issue. So uh, the, all these countries were told Gaza, don't attack, but Iran said, attack, and they listen to Iran. Iran is the one behind this. Now, why is that? Because they are rattled right now. Because the Iranian regime is in a free fall, and the reason is the United States is in the process of imposing heavy sanctions on Iran, the nuclear deal is in disarray, and the Iranian regime is getting a ton of potential revolt. They're, get, they're getting protested by their own people. The Iranians have been protesting heavily and not to mention they've gotten incredible support by Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo railed against Iran, and in response, the, the there's actually a hashtag, a Twitter hashtag in Iran saying, thank you, Pompeo. There was a Twitter hashtag in Iran in Farsi calling for regime change right now, and they are galvanized by President Trump and Pompeo. Trump himself, when he spoke, pulled out of the nuke deal in Iran, he said, I encourage the Iranian people to speak up, and basically he encouraged them to revolt against the Ayatollah. It's an amazing thing. Now, Russia, by the way, Russia needs stability in that region. Russia doesn't want an unstable situation in Syria right now, and they don't want Israel coming into Syria. It's the last thing Russia wants. So Russia now has told Iran to back off. The, the Israelis have been pounding away at uh, Iranian weapons and missiles and supplies in Syria right now, and Russia has told Iran, you've got to back off because the Israelis have got to get out of Syria. We told you about a back-channel deal between the Israelis and the Iranians. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from Russia. So Iran, here's the quote from the article, has gone from being an unstoppable regional force a few months ago to scrambling to survive. They are totally desperate. So all they have now is two remaining cards. Number one, getting Gaza to unleash this missile barrage, the terror attack against Israel. And number two, they're trying to woo the European Union to defy American sanctions. We told you about that too. The Iranians had this secret meeting with the Europeans to try to get out of sanctions. The problem is the Europeans are stuck because the last thing they want to do is stop doing business with, uh, with America. Obviously, that's not an option. And Trump is basically telling them it's us or Iran. So now what we have is no coincidence that the Europeans have been defending Israel because they're so terrified. They don't want to sneeze in Israel's direction. They're so afraid because the moment they make one wrong move, Trump's going to say, all right, we're imposing heavy sanctions. These, are, these apply to European countries. And the Europeans are running scared. They're terrified of being forced to choose between the United States and Iran. I think that's going to happen either way. But meanwhile, what that, is, what that creates is a situation where Trump has the Europeans amazingly coming to Israel's defense because that's their only chance at stopping what they're terrified of, which is potential sanctions on them for doing business with Iran. Unbelievable stuff. And of course, as always, we will keep you updated. Now, Starbucks... Uh, more news trickling out about this day of training, anti-bias training. It, it seems that they showed a ton of videos about police brutality and showing basically white police officers beating up on black people as though that has anything to do with Starbucks and using the facilities there without buying coffee. You know, it's just amazing. And a lot of people felt uncomfortable. A lot of black people and minorities felt uncomfortable because they're sitting there watching these videos. Basically, these videos were accusing like all white people of being racist and of being insensitive to minorities. So who felt the most uncomfortable? The minorities, you know, sitting there, not to mention these white people sitting there like feeling like they were somehow being uh, completely attacked and vilified. Many of them are good people. Many of them have, don't have a racist bone in their body. What did this do, folks? This drove a total wedge between the whites and the, and the blacks. This reinforced racism. This probably 
gave the notion, created the notion of racism for a lot of people who never even considered it until now. Because when you highlight these kinds of behaviors and you say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, you know, don't think of the purple elephant, what are you all going to do? We're going to think of the purple elephant. Unbelievable stuff. President Trump is going to host the first ever, his first ever White House Ramadan dinner. This is a 20-year-old custom. He didn't do it last year, but now he is. The anti-Muslim President Trump is going to host a, a, a dinner uh, celebrating the end of Ramadan. Now, I told you I was going to talk about tariffs. getting late here, but I know a lot of you have questioned this. You know, what's going on with the tariffs? It's very simple. You know, the, the tariffs are designed to try to uh, equalize, balance out, level the playing field with trade. We are very much losing. There's a massive trade imbalance between us and China. And the reason is because China does all sorts of dirty tactics. They steal technology from American companies. They have these sweatshops. They have no minimum wage. They have these people, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds working in these sweatshops for very little pennies, pennies on the dollar for no money. And they're able to produce a lot of stuff, junky stuff, but a lot of junky stuff quicker and cheaper. So they end up coming to the United States, sending stuff to the United States, and they're making a lot more money. And in fact, American products are being, uh, as we know, produced in, the, in China because it's so cheap. And that money, yeah, it helps American companies, but it helps China even more. So the ch Chinese, their economy is getting boosted by all these you know, dirty, low tactics, business tactics that they have. So we have this massive trade imbalance where they're making a lot more money than American businesses because we actually have rules and regulations and it actually costs money, uh, costs a lot more money to manufacture things in the United States. So what Trump is trying to do is, he, you know, he can't just impose tariffs on China because China will go nuts. So he's, he has to impose tariffs on a lot of countries. But what he's trying to do is simply balance out the trade. You know, somebody said to me, why can't we just have the uh, equal, just set up the equal tariffs, whatever the Chinese tariff us, we'll tariff them. And it's not so simple because, you know, we, we it costs us so much money, so much more money to manufacture than it costs the Chinese that in order to balance things out, we need higher tariffs. We can't just equal their tariffs because they're going to win every time. It's that. It's really that simple. The Chinese have such a major advantage because they don't follow any rules, so therefore they are winning the trade war big time, and Trump sees that he's trying to balance it out. Now, balancing it out will clearly help a lot of companies. What are the what do the critics say? A lot of conservative critics. What do the critics say? They have two problems. Number one, they're worried about a trade war. We're going to tariff them. They're going to tariff. We're going to tariff. They're going to tariff higher. Boom, boom, boom. Before you know it, uh, everything's costing a ton of money. Number two, they're worried about the added tax because tariffs really affect the, the United States consumer because the tariffs are on imports that come into the United States. So that's going to end up raising the prices. What Trump is trying to do is he's trying to get more domestically created products to be used by companies. You raise the tariffs, then suddenly that evens it out. So people choose the American-made product, not the foreign-made product. But that, that certainly does run the risk of raising prices for consumers. Here's my response. Number one, and Cola pointed this out. As far as the trade war goes, can we give President Trump the benefit of the doubt at this point? I mean, he's he's a good negotiator. Can we can we at least concede that? And he's very flexible. So if he sees tariffs being raised, if he sees we end up losing, he'll back off. This is not a permanent thing. You know, he's he he, he went back and forth on Kim Jong Un meeting how many times? You know, in the last week or two. So he's a flexible person. It, it doesn't mean maybe there'll be a trade war. But you know what? President Trump seems to be very good at winning these types of things. And he's been in business a very long time. He gets it. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And worst case scenario, we can always just go back. But at least this way you test the waters. We've seen China and other countries cave in already on the tariffs. So it certainly is getting a response and the response that we're looking for. So I, I don't see any risk here as far as trade war goes, at least long term. Now, as far as raising the prices on consumers, yeah, look, even expert economists, nobody can agree on this because one 
uh, line of thinking is that, look, you're going to help a few industries with these tariffs, but you're going to cost 300 million people more money by raising prices. The other uh, approach to this is that the trade war, there is such a major imbalance right now. We're already in a trade war, and there's such a major imbalance that there are so many companies losing money, we can't even estimate, we can't even figure out how many American companies right now are losing out because China has a, such, a, such a massive advantage. So yeah, the consumers are going to pay a couple of extra bucks on certain things, steel-made products, etc. But the flip side of it is, we're going to be bringing back so much business to the United States and create even more jobs. Wages will go even higher. Companies can grow even more, you know, because we're going to benefit American companies. And, and this is something Trump's been studying for many, many years. So... I don't think there's any simple answer, but to suggest that it's some kind of slam dunk just because consumers are going to be paying a little bit more, you know, th th this could really balance things out big time, you know. So, uh, and, and, and the notion that, you know, well, free trade, we have to be into free trade, that makes no sense. Conservatives say we have to be into free trade. Free trade is in our country. In our country, the government can't control companies. Companies should be given the freedom, the capitalistic um, uh, freedom to do what they want to do. But other countries... Hello, I mean, we're the United States. If we give other countries freedom and they're dirty, you know, countries like China that are willing to basically stoop to any dirty tactic to try to beat us, you know, just because the government's communist and they just want to, you know, make money for themselves, they don't care about the little people, uh, then of course we shouldn't be into free market. Why should we boost China's economy instead of ours? All right, and finally, Google. Google listed Nazism as the first ideology in the California Republican Party. If you're in California, at least until a week ago, and you Googled Republican, what would come up is the California Republican Party, and they have a list, Google, of ideologies behind the Republican Party, you know, conservatism, etc., libertarianism. The first one that comes up, Nazism. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, that's going to do it for today. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.